Lying here in garbage, freezing my ass off, is just a hobby of mine. The man starts coming toward her, playing the cone of light over the ground in front of him. She counts his steps and wonders who this might be, what his intent is. Maybe he's the good Samaritan. Yeah, right, because New York is just overflowing with those. More likely is that he's a scumbag, a lowlife with a hard-on who can't believe his luck at coming across a piece of ass who is currently incapable of resisting his amorous advances. Yes, she tells herself, the scumbag theory is definitely the most statistically likely. It sits oddly with her that she is hoping to be correct. The man stops after fifteen paces, then scans her form with the flashlight. Despite her profession, this seems such an invasion. She tries to pull herself into a ball, and her body protests at the effort. It's okay, he says. He shines the light onto his other hand, and the metal badge he holds there gleams and twinkles. I'm a cop. A cop. Great. In her experience, being a cop is no indicator of where one sits on the moral spectrum. You a working girl? She nods, thinking, we gonna play animal, vegetable, mineral now? So who did the fandango on your face? A John? Pimp? She turns the slits of her eyes on him, and as if sensing her discomfort, he lowers the beam. All she can see is a large silhouette against the night sky, a human-shaped hole in the starry canvas. Again, she wonders if he is a good or a bad man. She hopes that he is evil. She hopes that he is a child molester, a rapist, a serial killer, a man who rips babies limb from limb with his teeth. She hopes that there is not an altruistic bone in his body. I'm going to come a little closer, okay? Sixteen, seventeen, eighteen. He kneels down in front of her, turns the flashlight toward his chest. See, I ain't going to hurt you. We're going to get you fixed up. She can see his face now, and despite its being bathed from below in a ghostly yellow glow, she cannot tell herself that she finds malice there, cannot convince herself that this man intends anything other than to offer help. The acceptance of that makes her want to weep, and she has not shed tears in a long, long time. She looks at the man and waits and counts and it is only brief moments before a second hole appears silently in the sky and sends a spear of flame into the head of her benefactor. She sees the cop's expression twist into puzzlement as his body pitches forward. The side of his head smacks into the ground and he lies there, his eyes still open and the flashlight still in his grasp as he twitches. She watches in horror and sadness as the second man steps closer to the body. In the reflected light, she can see the gun in his hand, and she counts as two more tongues of fire lick out at the cop's skull. As the cop's twitching stops, her own trembling grows. She peers up at the assassin. I did what you wanted, right? Exactly how you said, right? The man pauses before answering. He still holds on to his gun. You did? 
I was on cue, too, right? I called out at exactly the right time, right? Soon as you flashed that light at me. Yes, you did. So I did good. And now you'll keep your promise? There was another pause, worrying in its length. What promise was that? To let me go. You told me. You promised. You said that if I did everything exactly as you said, you'd let me go. Yes, I did say that, didn't I? And so now we're done. You got what you wanted, and so you have to let me go, like you promised. Like I promised. I ain't going to say nothing if that's what's bothering you. Just let me go, okay? Yes, okay. You can go now. He raises the gun. She starts to count.